Yeah, I, I'm Jackson. I have zero experience with carpentry. I studied at a school for historic preservation in Boston and learned about how things were built, you know, 250 years ago. There's a long way to go. I'm nowhere near the top. Not that I thought I was, but there's so much more to do out there. Welcome back to the Passion for Craft podcast. We are uh, going over the five orders of architecture. I thought there were only three until we started talking about this concept. When I pitched this idea, I said we got to talk about the three orders of architecture. There are five. Uh, so we're, we're going to be looking at some photos today. This is going to be somewhat visual. So audio listeners, join the Patreon. We'd love to have you there so you can see kind of what we're talking about. YouTube clips. Glad you made it here. Um, but uh, we're, we're talking about the five orders, um, and th they kind of help with this language, this idea of a language around architecture. Um, I'm going to pass it to the guys who know stuff, uh, but but that's kind of what we're, we're going over today, and it's going to be a fun, fun journey. Yeah, we'll start with some lighthearted um, looking at some photos where we try to guess, because I don't really know stuff. I know a little bit, but Brent can tell us what's wrong with these pictures, so... Why don't we just jump into it? But I think I think one thing that we'll realize is that regardless of whether or not we do know stuff, we will be able to tell. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> we will be able I mean, to tell and that's, what is and what isn't bad. And that's part of the language part of it is if you read a good literary piece, you're like, wow, that read really well. Mm -hmm. It was the same thing with the building. Even though you may not be like an English major, right? You can still look at a, a, a badly written paper or something, you yeah. know. It's obvious. So a lot of these, I think, are going to be obvious. Oh, <laughs> well, and, and one of the reasons I want to do this is that, it, it, you know, it's uh, um, it, it, it can sometimes be confusing. And, and, and I think the reason why some of our customers don't want classicism in their in their things. That's what this is called. Classicism. Right. Yes. I'm not being. Yeah. It's okay. the classical language. And so, yes, classicism. So the why your customers want classicism is what I didn't mean to cut you off. Because um, it's done so poorly so often. And, you know, in a lot of these houses, they're, you know, mid-range houses done, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it causes you to look at it and go, yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> so it, 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 but when it's done well, it's magical, but too often it's done poorly. And so we're going to, and here's the other piece of it. It's hard to, unless you're really into this stuff, it's really hard to sometimes pick out what's wrong. It's hard to say, well, the uh, proportion of one to seven, it, it, it's like, it's like, no, you don't see it that way. In these examples, we'll have missing parts of it, right? The, they'll sometimes have a column without an entablature or sometimes they'll, you know, it, it, I think they'll be obvious, but um, yeah, let's, uh, um, it, it's a learned thing, but when it's done right, it's awesome. Right, it can Richard. be it can be in, personally it can be intimidating to get into it too and like you're kind of looking at the crowd like oh, is, is that right or uh, <laughs> yeah that's wrong you know i knew it yeah. <laughs> but it'll become time. apparent i think as you go on yeah, yeah. all right richard are we gonna have our usual five thousand dollar bet for this one or <laughs> uh, let's make the stakes a little higher yeah. <laughs> all right so change what's somebody's with, life. what's wrong with this one uh, the window above the door is wrong. This is actually a job that I did. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> well, we, we're going to have to blur the license plate. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's you blurred enough. Really it. It's blurred enough. Um, the, I mean, I, I stand by what I say. The, the window above the door is wrong. That's weird. Why is the window above the door wrong? 
Oh, uh, you, you mean the transom? Or I don't know what, what words you're speaking, but the one right above. Like six inches above the door? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what happens in the in the Texas market is Texas is the largest brick market in the country. Okay. Is that Mason and Mason salesmen sell Who's Mason? Bricks, bricks to do everything. Um, and so what you find is is that traditionally where the side lights which is, and the transom, which is what those thin lights are around this door, were typically divided by wood and then brick would brick would surround the whole opening. In this case, they they have got brick where the wood wood is supposed to be, and so it looks goofy. So the reason why that that transom looks weird, so those of, like the, it's like it's frozen in a piece of stone over the door, it should be part of a whole unit that's that's drawn out of wood. So there should be just to wrap up what you just said. There, there's those six inches of brick that we're seeing there. Yeah. That should be wood. Correct. Okay. And then should there be wood surrounding yes. the window as well? Yeah, I mean, okay. yes. Traditionally, this is a solid masonry building with an infill of a doorway that was includes side lights and everything else. In this stage, they've got the door as a separate unit, and then they've got the windows set in a metal frame right inside the brick. It just looks goofy. And so the historic precedent isn't, we're not reminded of anything here, and so we end up looking at it going, oh, that's kind of weird. But what's wrong with the with the columns, which is what we're the orders, which is what we're here to talk about? Well, the, I don't like how the column. It's kind of off-putting how the column is right under the dormer. I don't know why that just kind of There's is, no that, spacing. is that weird. Um, well, let's just break it. Let's start first. What's the, what's the deal with the column? It's not intasis. Oh yeah. Okay, so intasis. It's spelled E-N-T-A-S-I-S. Um, uh, and I've I've heard the enunciation antasis and 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 antasis and you know both I think ways it's your emphasis is on the wrong syllable. Yeah. I think it's antasis. So um, it's basically that the traditional column had a diminishing size as it grew taller, and usually about a third of the way up it was straight, but then it slowly diminishes to the top. Now, slopes inward. Yes, and so we're we're you don't it's not really something you look at and go oh look, um, it, but. It, it, it does catch your eye. It does help you see better. And so, mm -hmm. um, and, and think about it naturally. Like the trees have a bigger trunk at the bottom yep. than they do at the top, right? And so it, it's it's a natural form that we're used to seeing versus a mechanical tube. Art and I've seen it too in the Greek temples um, in a little bit of studying that I've done. They show like Greek temples. Um, it's not real. They're kind of a computer-generated um, drawing of it without it and it looks like like bars oh, like prison wow. bars but when you add it it's like oh it, it's opened up i've also heard that oh, people people will describe that uh there is an optical illusion now and then there's two straight tubes next to each other it actually looks like the tubes in, you know uh, oh they bulge yeah, out they bulge out and so there there's some optical illusion pieces that they think was part of it as well what's wrong with the entablature Okay, what's the entablature? Help me out. Entablature is the beam across the top. It's okay. basically what the column is supporting before it hits the roof. I mean, I don't know about you, Richard, but to me that looks a little plain. Well, I know you're talking about the entablature, but just before we leave the column, the capital and the base, yeah. those are the same, right? They're matching. Yeah, Which they is... shouldn't be. So so, so what ha what's happening here, and I'll just, just you know, because I, I see you guys looking at this going, 
trying to think about what's wrong, right? It's off. And, and, and you're it's knowing it's off, off. But, it, but you're not really seeing it. But yes, the, the, the column, the proportion of that column, okay, and the proportion in the orders is broken out basically the width to the height. It's the same thing with that, that our body's done, that there's a foot, the dimension of your foot to your height. Like my, it's like a noodle. A, a male proportion is a one to seven, okay? This one's like a one to 15, okay? That the diameter to the number of diameters tall, it could be one to 20, right? Yeah. It's just, it's a really tall, thin column, okay? Which means that visually it can't support as much. It begins to look like a toothpick. And so the beauty of the architectural orders is that they express strength and they express an ability to, to, uh, to support so you should feel comfortable walking into these these spaces, not feeling like it's about to fall down on you. So it's like the house skipped leg day. Is it, <laughs> yeah. it like can't support what it's holding up, you know? Totally. <laughs> so there's a mix of materials on this thing. There's there's a the, the proportions are messed up, and so it just it 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 isn't successfully executed, and so it doesn't communicate. You know, traditional Southern, you know, uh, you know, plantation, you know, type of type of architecture, which I think is what they're trying to do. It it doesn't look traditional. It looks new, and it it it's unsuccessful. So what's wrong here? This one has movement, but it's not intasis, right? It's just tapered. It's this tapered. One? Yeah, exactly. So this one from the bottom to the top tapers. But it doesn't really go up a third, and then and then so it, so it doesn't have enough of a straight point to it, right? But also, it looks like the and maybe this is as a byproduct of the tapering rather than the intasis, But the the bottom of it is like it's on. It almost looks like a car on cement blocks. You know what I mean? So the yeah. bottom looks way too big to me. So that's the plinth. Okay, is usually the is usually the piece that the column sits on. Okay, in this case, the plinth can't figure out whether it wants to be a pedestal or a plinth, and so mm. the pedestal. So what's the difference? Um, the well, when we get into the orders, it's basically broken up of like you know. Uh, three parts the the pedestal the column the entablature okay the pedestal has three parts the plinth the dado and the and the and the and the cap and the surbase the the cap the column has three parts the base the shaft the capital the entablature has three parts the you know architrave the frieze the cornice the cornice has three parts mm -hmm. right and so there is a there's a there, you'll see that a there's a web. system right there's, like a, a, there's hierarchy. a yes there's a there's a way of doing it so this these those plinths, those bases are, they do look like a car on the cement blocks, right? That, I think that was a good analogy. <laughs> the, um, and, and so uh, the columns also are shrinking so much in size that they begin to look weak at the top. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in this case, we've got an entablature that is a little bit funky, okay? It, it not only is the columns messed up, but that entablature is a series of steps as opposed to being a you know uh, a block that is supporting the roof and so you know you're supposed to have you know this this architrave which is the it's architrave is king beam okay uh those are the words broken out and so it is the thing that spans the opening that that expresses strength and then the frieze and the cornice you know are part of the mm -hmm. proportioning system but in this case that tapered you know trim detail which it's kind of an entablature but all the you, you've it's, got basically three cornices instead of having you know an architrave a frieze and a cornice yeah and then a big no-no is repeating the same molding as a 
yeah. Sima and a exactly. Corona, exactly. and that's that little what, what dental. Sima and a Corona. Well, um, you've, you've got in the in the cornish you've got three parts of bed mold a corona and a sima uh, and so he's just saying you, you're you're doing the same parts over and over so again. the fact that they repeated oh i guess it'd little... be a bed mold and a sima right yeah bed mold's your, your thing corona's your flat and then your sima so it's repeating a bed mold and a sima are the same and, and it shouldn't be the same thing they should have different one should be um from what i know one should be lifting up right and then supporting. one should be finishing yeah oh, okay so, and then the other thing that's weird about this house that strikes me is the the door opening, it, it almost doesn't fit the thing. Or like maybe the door is too small of a piece of that window. Like the window's too large. I don't know. I can't figure out why that looks weird. It is odd. In this period of house, you have the two-story entry hall, which is a big deal. And so, uh -huh. you know, that that's part of that grand two-story entry hall that's that's part of that, that style. So, you know, if we're just going to stay in the columns and everything else here, you know, and that, that classical system, what's missing here? The architrave. In today's construction with web trusses and trusses and things like that, we don't necessarily need to build the architrave, the, the full entablature around a column. So in this case, the guys are like, well, I don't need to build down because I can just support it right at the ceiling. And so you end up with a, you know, one, there's, there's no capital that looks like that. It looks like you know, mold is growing at the top of that thing. <laughs> You've got fluted columns that run all the way to the top. It's okay? like a toothpick. The, yeah, toothpick is, is, is the proportions are again one to twenty, and so realize that in the classical system, one to seven is the lowest, is the most beefy. One to ten, okay, is about the about the as dainty and light as they get. This is one to twenty, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's yeah, way past. You know, it needs being, to either be wider. Or yeah, and so the, broken into two. Yeah, and so you know, does that does that porch even stick out far enough to be even you know you yeah, don't even really need it, yeah. right? And so they can't decide whether it's a porch or an overhang, right? And so mm -hmm. it, it's it's you you probably don't even need those columns there, mm -hmm. and certainly don't need that many of them. Again, just unsuccessful. So you know, here here again, um, do you see that there's a pediment inside the pediment end? There is a broken pediment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like embossed looking. Yeah. With curved broken pediment uh -huh. in the pediment. Yeah. Okay. And, and here's the classic example of these traditional things being, you know, stickered, stickered onto the house yeah. to, to give it more tradition. Okay. And I, I suspect the conversation with the homeowner was, well, our, our, that, you know, that triangle up there is really kind of boring. Can we do something to dress it up? Well, what do you want to do? Well, I really like I've this thing. These. I've seen these. These look good. And so you end up with a, with basically, that is a broken pediment entablature that would go over a front door of a house. Okay, now, you know, decorating <laughs> the triangle of, you know, the... the, the, the it's end, like a gable end. The gable end. Like. And so it's just like, make up your mind. We have no entablature here, okay? This kind of, you know, I do that whole thing on gable end returns and roofing the gable end returns. The little roof. Yeah. And this is what they've done here. They got afraid that they were going to have a water trap. And so they decided to just roof across that whole where your entablature should be. Okay. They've just roofed across the front. So they don't know. They don't understand, you know, how the parts and pieces go together. And here they are trying to, to build a traditional house and they end up, and, and I think they had money, right? That there's, yeah. there's, there's brick there. I mean, this is probably a, 
a million or two million dollar house and it's that's just, what i was gonna say it, it's Bummer. just executed so poorly okay the saddest part of it is that it could have been done right yes right they the had shutters the money. are they great the for money me to do it right i'm a big fan of the shutters on this house i mean you know every Ooh. traditional detail <laughs> is, is wrong here right not only are those shutters glued to the face of the house, but they're not um, even they're tall not even enough the right for the window to even cover the window. They're a little lower than the window and tall. Oh, it's not even, it's below the it's seal. below the seal. <laughs> right? And yeah. So, so here you're just looking at examples of. Uh... <laughs> oh, that is horrible. <laughs> I'm joking. I mean, by that, comparison. This actually looks though. good, right? Yeah, this is yeah, great. This is one. I know the guy <laughs> that did the job. This. We did this. Oh, oh, oh! I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> look where, look where, just real quick. Just look where the shutters. That's are. cool though that you said this is good, right? Yeah, yeah, because you knew it right away. Well, I'm like, the uh, the the things are. I couldn't figure out what was wrong. Well, and here's here's the order. Nothing. Right on the lower lower <laughs> porch, you've got the column going uh -huh. up, and you've got an architrave, a pulvinated frieze that kind of curves out, and then a cornice. And then look what's happening above. You got a pedestal mm -hmm. incorporates the balustrade. The balustrade, yeah. The column sits on top of that, and then there's another entablature in part for in front of that. So notice too that the size of the columns are changing as we go up, right? Because you don't need as much strength. These mm -hmm. the, the lower ones are stronger. They don't need to be. They don't need to hold about as much weight of, above. So here's a here's a little question just thrown in here. <clears throat> a lot of those like one to twenty houses that we were talking about, like one to yeah one to fifteen, it was one of the ones you were saying. Was it like, yeah, one to 15, you yeah, said you, yeah. the, the, when that first one you said was yeah. one to fifteen. Would it be? Would it make sense? And would it be a, a good add to add a balcony there in between? Or does that like historically does that not make? No, sense? there's a, there's a tradition of doing that, and because yet, and, then that would solve the problem, right? Yeah, that would break up. The, and who knows why they didn't do that? But but yes, um, but yes, that, and that then would, it would give a reason would, for columns being there, even right? Totally. Why is that one bad? Well, it's cinder blocks again and straight. Like well, Richard was saying earlier, like the straight is bad. There's I, nothing supporting it at, at the wall. Like you have these two columns supporting it out here. Yeah, so typically in the classical tradition, mm. you'd have a pilaster against the wall that supports that. Like a half one, right? Yeah. So the pilaster oh, that's, is a half that's what a pilaster is. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. And so the other thing is, is that that capital is the base. That's an attic base that's used as a capital. And so... Um, Wait, what's it? Sorry. Well, capital the capital is, the, is the thing that crowns the top of the column. Okay. Right? And so that design for that capital is uh -huh. a actually an attic base. It's called an attic base because there's two, you know, there's two steps there. So it should so it be goes used at the as bottom. a base. Yeah, it, should it should be, be at the, the base. Bottom. And then put it on the top. Yeah. And then that base isn't really a base. And so. Well, and um, then do you even need columns for that? I don't know. They're trying to express the entry and trying to define, you know, show where the entry is. Got it. And, but yeah, I mean, again, it's just kind of a mess. That what pedestal is giant too, right? Giant. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, typically there's a relationship between the size of the pedestal and the column in that the, the, the base, the width of the column pedestal and the column at the top at, at the base are the same size. In this case, this pedestal plinth is, you know, two and a half times the size of the, the bottom of the column. And so yeah. they look too big. Like mm -hmm. they looked like, you know, that column should be three times larger for that pet, for that base. And it's even weirder to see the, the same size at the top of the column as the bottom, because it, it just feels weird. The, the other thing that I, I've noticed just in a lot of the good houses that you've shown me over the years, dad, is the, um, 
whenever there's a bad house, it, it doesn't. There are pieces of it that just don't blend together quite well. And so, if you look where the rain gutter falls down to the side of the house, there's like a complete stop of where they what they were trying to do with that entry. And then there's like a little yeah, continuation that of transition. That's weird and it, it really just didn't weird transition, right? I don't even like how that. It's the same thing, but on the yeah. other side, how it comes into the yeah, middle right. of that. And and when that's executed well, right? It, it they sh those things should all work together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they, here's where two houses uh, that you know were built in an older neighborhood later. Okay, and uh, the you know Bo both of these were. Uh huh. Okay. And built very closely together. You know, the the house on the left is the house on the right just executed with, you know, <laughs> modern uh, yeah. ideas. Yeah, with, with, with instead of columns, they used brick. And instead of, you know, shingles, they used racing metal. But, you know, and instead of, you know, double hung windows, they're just open glass. I mean, it looks like a kid with toothpicks in his mouth trying to be a walrus on the left. <laughs> it does look like a walrus. You know, what's wrong with those dormers? Right. Which parts the dormer? Sorry, the dormer's the window on the roof. Well, it has the funky gable end returns. Yeah, it's got the bad gable end returns, but but look how big it is it's compared too to the window. Wide. Yeah, it's it's just it's just you know you're gonna gonna you got two windows below that should be the proportion piece that is that is you know defining how big those those windows should be, and they're just way too massive. From what Wait. I understand, the the width of the dormer. Is basically the the width of the window and then a just casing on each side. Barely enough for casing on each side. So I I can I just can't figure out. I'm, I'm trying to have. I guess I'm just wondering visually. Do you see those as being too big for this house? Yeah, but oh, I'm trying yeah. to understand what's wrong with it. Like, is it the things on is the this, side that's wrong? The, Does the, the window need to be bigger show them a good or smaller? One. Or? Is the is, <laughs> is, is, is the roof is is um, I mean, there's a lot of things. I would change. It uh, almost goes up to the the main roof line too. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the pitch of that roof is too is too steep. I think the gable end returns the scale of the window size to the face of the dormer, I think needs to be eighty percent glass compared to wood. And this is about fifty fifty. Okay. And so it, it ends up that window looks really small inside that big yeah. wide thing and, and it should be a lot more window. Yeah. It should be the glass of that should be the main feature. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then That's they healthy. got gable room returns. And so the overhangs for that dormer, you know, they're nearly the same size as the house. And so it ends up looking heavy and big. And so. Talk um, to me about this triangle shape I'm seeing. So that's on a, the main so house. If you, <laughs> I know it's me. not If our, you look at pediments and if you look at, you know, temple fronts and if you look at, you know, kind of, you know, the classical tradition, mm -hmm. um, the pitch of that roof is usually like 22 and a half you know, in, in that range, a very low pitch. Okay. This is, you know, here, oh, yeah. yeah, there's okay, the, wow. there's the just gent gently Gentle, going yeah. out. Yeah. What and is that? A 90, like a 45, it's a 45 yeah. up there. And so, and so That's really th this shows up in <laughs> Victorian <laughs> architecture in vernacular architecture. And uh -huh. so it doesn't really have a classical story. It's a, you know, it's, it's just, it's just not done very okay. well. Yeah. And so, that this would look more classical, more traditional if that pitch was lower. Same thing on those dormers. And so, you know, I've I've fixed houses like this where I've taken that pitch out of there um, to help fix it. You know, here here is uh, look at the two columns on the end. Right, that porch isn't bad. Okay, 
in that you've got these large, you know, uh, brick piers and stuff that are supporting. Here's the problem I have with that is that in the classical tradition, the you would open up, make wider the entry and not wider the sides. So, so you're essentially oh, inviting them to walk over the shrubs, right? <laughs> if there wasn't that sidewalk there, yeah. because that's the more important thing because it's wider. Yeah. And yet now you have the most important thing being the thinner one. And so it can, and this is all subconsciously, you end, yeah. up, you end up kind of feeling like you're walking through a tight, narrow space, especially when you've got big wide yeah. spaces on either side. Mm. So if you look in classical tradition, and, and it's hard to see on buildings, we'll probably see it on, on that Thomas Jefferson thing, but they actually measure the width of those of those columns, and it's you know six inches, maybe it's a foot, um, but it is a subtle difference to to let you know where you're supposed to enter. And that's an easy correction. You just do the yes. math, and you you just divide it into the bigger ones. Yeah, you, know? and you just yeah. it's simple to it's do. It's easy, and it. I mean, the, the <laughs> well, we didn't we didn't get the most obvious thing in yeah, this one. By is the that way, if on, you're, if on you're the roof. You have two columns. This proves that 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 people look at the traditional stuff as a sticker that they can put onto their thing for more tradition. I mean, you know, if you zoomed into that, right, the 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 capital on that you know column isn't supporting anything, right? The the left edge of it on the it's left side floating. is just it's just it's floating. It may it's, barely it, touch it the might window. barely yeah, touch yeah, the, the wood, which is what you would think it's supposed to support. They didn't even go so far as like put a corbel or a bracket in there that it supports. Or to slant it either. Yeah. It reminds me of like in video games when you can create your own like level. <laughs> you just like mm, click, click that there. Yeah, they just click held <laughs> and drag what was intended for a Coliseum later level later on. But, but I think you, you, people get the idea of that, you know, the, these classical things are sticker, that they, you know, they aren't following the rules, that they're missing parts and pieces, the entablatures are gone, you know, or the columns are too thin. And so there, there's a lot of misses there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I believe that I could take some of these houses and just re-execute the, and in fact, my recent videos on YouTube on the Wednesday design videos, that's all I'm doing is I'm taking these people are, are reaching out to me saying, Hey, can you help me fix my house? Mm. Something's not right is typically what they're saying. And I'm, and then all I'm doing is I'm taking a column or I'm taking an entablature and I'm making it traditionally correct. And it just magically changes and transforms these houses. And that's how simple these things are, but yeah. you do, they're hard to see sometimes. Well, that's, those are some of my favorite videos that you just recently started. And it, it is magic because I'm kind of looking at the thing they sent you and I'm like, I mean, it's not bad, but then you do your thing and I'm like, oh, that's what it could be. Mm. And I think that's the part that takes the, the time, the developing yeah. of like, where you can look at a, a thing like this. And I mean, before I even knew about any of this stuff, I probably wouldn't have even thought about it, right. you know, but now I look at it, I'm like. Oh, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's training your eye to this thing. And, and so the beauty of this system, the beauty of this, of this, of this, and the reason why I think it has so value in it, and it works, okay, is because these were, you know, architectural traditions that, that the Greeks and the Romans really, you know, uh, worked out. I mean, they learned it from the Egyptians and, you know, mm -hmm. their, their, their building style, when they had to build their temples out of stone, required you know a pier a, a, a column and it supports a roof right so the the tectonics the the 
how it's put together makes sense mm-hmm. that we need to span this opening and we need to have these things and we need to span it. And you know, how do we span it? What does that span look like? And just, and so slowly and, and it, it, over time they, they developed these, um, uh, you know, Hey, this one looks better than this. I wonder why. Okay. Well, look at the proportions there that, that let's make this kind of a new standard. This works better than that. Mm-hmm. And so, over the hundreds of years that they did this, we ended up, and it's thought that they took original wood forms and made them into stone. So we're, we're, we're looking at Corinthian order on the right or the onyx. They, they think it comes from wood forms. So first part is it, it, it develops from a natural building system, okay? Um, and, and it's not made up. It's not, it's not someone's fantasy of what should be or anything else. Two, um, there is, as they continue to work it out, it, it began to work with different building styles and, and have a personality mm-hmm. and gender. And, uh, and so Vitruvius, the, the only writer from the classical age that, that whose book survived into the Renaissance, wrote about the gender of the styles and that the Tuscan Doric order, one to seven is a masculine order. It's a heavy, strong order. And the Corinthian order is a female, you know, young maiden order. And there, and, and I've had people look at buildings that are classically done and you have the Tuscan order on the bottom, the Ionic, and then the Corinthian and the most decorations way up the top there. And they'll look at it today and go, well, why wouldn't they bring the decoration down there so we can see it? It wasn't about that. It was about strength and being able to what, you know, visually that strong, hefty, thick order Mm -hmm. can support more than that light, dainty order. So it's no wonder you don't put that up there. And then, you know, buildings that have personality, like an armory would be done in the Tuscan or Doric order, very masculine, strong, unornamented, whereas a palace would be done in the Corinthian order. Well, and I'm sure there's an element to it to where also you're, you're trying to draw your eyes up. Right, like you're trying to, oh, like there, there's some, some marvel to being drawn upward and wanting to look up high and and see, wow, like what a cool creation, yeah. you know, rather than just, you well, know. And a lot of these temples and stuff were done with like religious thought in mind right. to like look up to, to God. The heavens, yeah. yeah, yeah, true, true. So anyway, so the, so the order, that's the background on the order of kind of where it came from. But the, the, the second piece of the order is that, um, and we've been talking about, uh, and there's five of them. Can you run me through just, uh, before you jump into your next point, just the general overview of the five in the Greek period. Okay. Um, there's three. Okay. And, and, and they come from different regions of Greece. Okay. The Athens is the Ionic orders. That's where that comes from. Okay. Um, Doric is Dori. They thought that's where the Spartans come from. Obviously. Um, and, and so you, you see the personality of the Spartans, right? In that Doric order, the Ionic is, is the Athenians were, were scholarly intellectual. And then Corinth is a very rich and wealthy place. And so, um, so there is three orders in their tradition. Okay. Uh, Doric, Ionic, and Corinthian. The, the Romans inherited, okay, and and they really have an order, the, the Tuscan order, okay, because Tuscany is a rural farming area, um, and, so, and, and, and so they have three too, okay. Now, 
And then it's not until the Renaissance that the Renaissance artists are looking back at Greek and Rome and they go, there's really five orders, okay? So the, so the Greeks and Romans didn't look at it they're like there's five orders. It was, wasn't until the Renaissance, as they were studying the ancient buildings, that they came up with five orders, okay? Mm-hmm. So does that answer your question? Yeah, that's great. So, so the five orders, we've got Tuscan, and that's like very basic, like very level, simple. level one simple. Yeah, farm buildings, armories, you know. And then... We we advance on just a little bit further to Doric, which is a little more innate. And, and the yeah, and the proportions yes, and the proportions of Doric and, and and Tuscan are fairly similar, that one to seven. And then after that, we go to Ionic, which is more like intellectual. That came from Athens. Well, the the, the it's got the scrolls. Yeah, the scrolls are meant to thought to me maybe the uh, young lady's hair pulled up and stuff like that. Nice. The curls of the hair. And then Corinthian, which is more Corinth, decorative, decadent, pretty, beautiful. Yeah. And then uh, okay, the last one, composite. I don't understand well, that. Well, you one. can see that it's a combination of Ionic and Corinthian. So that one so is a composite is that of two. More, better. Yeah. The, okay. The highest. Because more decoration, more. Things, yeah. the but I mean, the think about it this way: the the greatest uh, Greek temple, okay, the Parthenon, mm-hmm. is in the uh, Doric order, mm. right? It's a low order. Now, the Romans, the 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 Romans, you know, they do a lot of their buildings in the in the uh, Corinthian order, okay. The Greeks didn't do that as much, and so the Pantheon that we looked at earlier, it's in the Corinthian order, and so yeah. um, their nice temples were done that way. In my mind, these are, and the beauty of them today is they are proportioning systems, mm-hmm. okay? There are ways for us to think about how to put moldings into a house, how to organize, and, and to ignore them is to ignore 2,000 years of building history and 2,000 years of people working these systems out mm-hmm. and working out all the, all the parts and pieces. And then, you know, my study, my, my recent research into the moldings, in, in going back to the 1740s, is those guys cared a great deal about how everything was proportioned. They'd look at a molding and go, okay, well, that little fillet is a one to seven of this whole thing, and that's three parts here and two parts there and one part there. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost insane how, <laughs> how careful they were. Very, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you're not on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I heard of uh, studying some of this stuff. I heard a really cool story about the Corinthian capital, the yeah. the one of the the young virgin who died, and the lady who took care of her put her a basket of her belongings on her grave, and that acanthus leaf like grew up around it. So an artist came by and like drew it, and apparently that's how they got the yeah, Corinthian capital. That's the story capital. that that oh, it was no a uh, yeah that it was a inspiration of of seeing the basket and the acanthus leaf. Yeah. And, and and realized if you look at an acanthus leaf today, it's a stylized acanthus mm-hmm. leaf. It's not the actual acanthus leaf, but it's it's a stylized version of it that works very beautifully. Um, but you're right. You can't. I mean, you can't reject this. It's a language, you know, mm-hmm. and it's already been. It's like why why reinvent the wheel? when masters before have already built this language, if we, if we learn this language and apply it, just like a real you know, vernacular language that you would mm-hmm. speak, I mean, you could do anything. I'm gonna show you a bunch of slides, and a lot of this can be learned from the ICAA, which is the Institute of Classical Architecture and Art, great teaching organization where you can learn about these rules, and they mm-hmm. have videos, and you can really dig into their archives and learn a lot of this. But, but look what's happening here, okay? This is from 1742. Uh, the divisions of the general parts of the Tuscan order 
pedestal and its parts at large. Okay, so basically, they on the far left, you have the uh, Tuscan order um, with the pedestal, the column, and then tablature at the top. Um, and what they're doing is, is that you'll see all those numbers across there, and you'll see uh -huh. the numbers in the middle. And we're not going to dig into all that, but you do see right one to seven. One to seven. Okay, that seven counting up to the top. And then if you look uh, at that rusticated column, which is right next to that, each okay. of those pieces is a part of the column. So there, there, there's the proportional divide. Um, and so, and then look over at the, 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 the pedestal and, and the parts there and the circle and the base. What they're doing, what's going on is that, is that these ancient writers were, ancient pattern book authors, were going back to Palladio, going back to the Renaissance, looking at the way these architectural orders were proportioned. So what Palladio did was, was, was he um, went to Rome like five or six times to measure, okay? And he was actually, the ruins of Rome, okay? He was actually going to the ruins and measuring the base and measuring the thing and measuring the column, measuring the shaft, measuring the entablature to figure out what the Romans had done. Mm -hmm. And so he basically broke out uh, or studied all the different parts and pieces so that he could build this proportioning system and understand it. And so what you see here is the, this is an ICA document, the layout of the Doric order. Okay. So that, that simple, easy order, mm -hmm. but look at all the, all the, uh, you know, it's on the left, it says five parts. Okay. So mm -hmm. the order is broken into five parts. Okay. So the, the column is a one to eight. Okay. And, and it varies. Some of the temples that they studied was one to eight in the Doric order. Some was one to seven. So these yeah. aren't hard and fast rules. Okay. 70. These, these, these. Oh, column eight D. Yeah. And so. the capital is one. With the, yes. And the, and the capital is a half D and the base is a half D. Mm -hmm. And so if you understood what the dimension of your column diameter, diameter yeah. was, width was, you could actually lay out what your baseboard is, what your crown is, what your everything is. Throughout the whole house. Throughout the whole house. And so this proportioning system broken out like this, so now they've dove into the column, right? Mm -hmm. Now this is just the column. And notice that the torus and the, and the, the fillet and, the, and that every, the, 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 every piece on that thing is broken out. Mm -hmm. And the reason why those ancient pattern book authors could break out a molding and go, you know, this, this, this crown molding is seven parts, but that fillet is one part and yeah. the kush is three parts is because they saw that these guys did it. Right. And so that, that the ancients did it. And so there, I, I'm, I'm explaining all this, okay, because each order has a proportioning system. Each order has a list of, of details that you can study and understand to begin to proportion a room. Now, mm -hmm. even the flutes. <laughs> yeah, if you, exactly. And if you went back to um, what it means is that if you go to a room and you have a 10 foot tall room and you know it's broken in, say you're doing the Doric uh, order or the Ionic order, it's fit 19 parts. So you could actually break out this wall into 19 parts and actually break out proportionally how, how tall your crown is supposed to be, how tall your base is. Wow. So you can actually use it to actually help you design and build moldings and lay out the wall. How high is my wainscot? How, how, you know, how tall is my base? What's my crown look like? Is that what you actually do on jobs too, right? Yeah. And so, yes, I do do that from time mm -hmm. to time. But, but I've gotten... I've just like your eyes getting accustomed to it. My eyes accustomed to it now where I know things aren't right. And you mm -hmm. can just walk in and go, yeah, that's too high. Or, you know, that, yeah, that's not right working or yeah. that. Wow. The, and so a lot of it is probably makes you fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You're just dismantling the room. This place sucks. <laughs> Uh, look at the crown they did. Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow, how embarrassing boy. for them. Yeah, how embarrassing. Um, <laughs> he holds it all in. The, he screams on the way home. And so it, it, it isn't like if, if I took you into three rooms, okay, and said, what's wrong with these three rooms? And you guys might go, I don't know, but that one's really bad. This one's okay. And I like that one. Mm you would most likely be right. And so it, mm-hmm. it, 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 these aren't... And that's not because we're wizards or... It's because, because we innately because know. Because your eye sees it, right? And so, you know, just like we were looking at your shutters or columns, whatever we were earlier, now your eye sees it. You can't unsee it later. And, and mm-hmm. you just start going, you know, they, didn't miss that. they missed that one. Or actually, this is a beautiful room. Well executed. I love it, right? right? Well, whenever, who was the guy you just... Sorry. You, he, he went and measured the Roman Palladio. ruins. Palladio. He had to go basically re-unlock the code, right? Because everything was in ruins. So a, a lot of those Renaissance artists are, were doing that, okay? His book is the most famous because what he also did was he then applied it to new buildings to at his time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the Palladian country house, which England copied so much and then U.S. copied, um, was because Palladio not only did a study of the ancient ruins, but then applied it to a new building style. And so if you go to Vicentia, which is outside of Venice, which is where all the country houses were built, where he did all his stuff, you'll see the examples of these this new type of farmhouse that had the Piano Noble, which is that, that noble floor that is above the working area. So these things have this long working area underneath and then the, the 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 nice house above. So it was a combination of, you know, living house where you could entertain and do stuff, but also a working farm. And so, you know, Monticello is a is a Palladian, you know, village. Mm-hmm. You just don't see the working area because it's under it's it's underneath. And so um that's why Palladio is what he did. There was other people who were studying the range Alberti and, and all the I mean, everybody was enraptured by the book Vitruvius's book. When they discovered it, it was like, oh my gosh, this unlocks the secrets yeah. to ancient Rome. And so Alberti, Da Vinci, uh, you know, Palladio, everybody was studying that mm-hmm. ghost going, oh my gosh, this is the, you know, Villa Rotunda, right? And so the wow. reason you're going up those stairs to the main part of the house is because the working part of the house was underneath. That's what you see underneath there. So these were farms, right? These were farmhouses. And he invented this new style that has elegance and function, right? And so that's why he was so famous. That's and, a farm. And, that's considered a farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I doubt there's any <laughs> shiplap in there. But. <laughs> Chip and Joanna hadn't been there yet. Yeah, yeah. they'll get there. Can you imagine HGTV just like <laughs> we're gonna flip this? <laughs> They're calling up Italy. Hey, uh. <laughs> yeah. So. In any case, the the if we're if we're talking about the orders, why does why does it matter? You know, why should I care? Okay, mm-hmm. we looked at those examples earlier. That there are some basic functional things that you should have. You know, in your order, the one I I've done videos and I don't think people get it, but I'm just like you know, quit putting the column flat up against the roof, right? At least include the parts there where you get an entablature that supports the roof visually. Even though I recognize you don't need for today's building with trusses and everything else, the entablature, it looks better, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're it, missing a whole half D. If if at least you, uh, <laughs> it's more than half D. No, the entablature is a half D, and the, the base capital. Is a half D. Oh, okay, the capital, capital is a half D. <laughs> knucklehead. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's like two and three quarters deep. So mm. uh, just so for those counting at home. Robert. Um, <laughs> Good the, math. Uh, and so, look, you, you want to be a master builder, right? You want to have the passion for craft. You want to understand our, our building tradition. You want to understand, you know, why things are beautiful and why things aren't. That's why you need to understand these, the, the, the five orders. That's why you need to have a working knowledge of this stuff so that you're not a, a nincompoop. You know, you know, you know you're <laughs> not a, a neophyte, word. right? So <laughs> that you, you know, master builder, what Bless did he know? He understood why that's beautiful, right? He understood what Jefferson was copying, right? What yeah. was Jefferson copying? The Greeks, the Romans. What the audio. Was, on that building right there, what was he copying? Bladio. The Parthenon. That's the Parthenon. Right, that is the the rotunda behind and the and the pediment in front. Oh yeah, that, of course. That, that is that. And what it just, was? And what, does it have an inscription even? Like like. I'm not seeing one. Oh. And what about uh, right? And so and then and then what what was Villa Rotunda? What was it copying? Palladio. Oh no. Okay. The Villa Rotunda, rotunda is, is Palladio. Is, the, is yeah. the exact same thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's that yeah, pediment yeah. in front with the dome yeah. behind, and so. There's this building wow. tradition that you, when you see it, you're like, oh yeah, he was copying that. He that was inspired crazy. by that. He was looking at that, and so and that was built 300 years ago, which is wild. Well, it's it's what's the best analogy I can come up with is like it's a I mean it is a language of architecture. So here's the deal. This is what's awesome. Okay, the Parthenon. Okay, mm -hmm. 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Right. Um, Villa Rotunda. A thousand. 600 years ago. <laughs> Uh, uh, the rotunda, you know, 200 years ago, yep. they're all looking at the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're all looking back at the Romans and going, that's a pretty good building. That, that was pretty good design. That was cool the way they did that. And can you imagine everybody being, the being guy? inspired? They're, they're all a little bit different, right? Yeah. And they're all based on that same um, ideas. Ideas. And, and the the still, still finding inspiration. Every, you know, after hundreds of years, and so there, there's, there, you shouldn't ignore this or ignore, ignore it at your own peril. I mean, the other part about this is, <laughs> this is pretty. Like, well, that's wow. Well, that's the thing when you learn. That's what I was gonna say. If you learn a language, like you, the first thing you learn when you're a kid is like the alphabet, how mm -hmm. to put words together. Mm -hmm. I feel like one of the first things we should learn as builders is the language of architecture, because I feel like today. You know, a lot of the buildings are done in like text talk, like yeah. LOL. Like that's not that's not literary writing, you know. Yeah. But I think what's cool about this, what you just said, is like there's no fear of plagiarism either. Like this guy totally. copied, totally. copied, co and it's just everyone appreciates. And, and, and they're all it. different. Yeah. Like you guys didn't recognize that that was a copy of you know Villa Rotunda. No, totally. You know? No. And you go, well, it, it's just a beautiful building. A lot of the things that that do that, like I was just noticing, that one obviously had a lot more glasswork. That one has a lot more yeah. um, brickwork. It has a lot more like woodwork. Like it, more it's, windows. It's and cool. Else. Like it. Well, I mean, just so you know, the, you know the the lawn, which is what this is called. It's a huge, vast lawn that that, that That's stretches the best out. One. Oh. That that you know, the rotundas at the top, right? Is symbolically, oh. um, you know, you you have these uh, houses where the teachers lived. You have this these areas where the students lived. It was voted the most beautiful, um, you know, 
architectural creation in America. I mean, you'd be um, a fool to say anything else so beats it. I it, mean, it's, it's so wonderful. There's so many buildings that are so uniform. Symbolically, it's great. You know, you know, architecturally, it's great. Anyway, it, it, it's 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 a. As we talk about the orders, it was just like, what do you? What's the best example of that? You know, and and the other thing is, is that Jefferson was a you know, loved all of this. Okay. Palladio was his Bible. Mm -hmm. He said a number of times and, and, and he had, you know, two or three copies of it. Um, and so he was looking to the past as well. And, you know, him, the, the fact that Jefferson created this and we're, we're going to have a whole thing on Jefferson as an architect, yeah. but, uh, um, this was awesome. So I mean I, I I guess I look at the orders and you 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 wanted to do the one of the orders and I was like, you know, I'm glad we did and, yeah. and because I do think it is um, foundational. I do think it is, you know, one of those things that no one's going to teach you this, right? Mm -hmm. No one's there. There aren't really any books on here's here's you know your guide to the orders and and. Why yet, you need yet, yeah, yet, it is so awesome and foundational and important that you know we we all should understand this. I wish homeowners understood it. I mean, this was one of the things that got me interested in architecture. We were in, I don't remember where we were, Virginia, maybe, maybe, um, on some family vacation. He was speaking at a builders expo, and. Uh, you you started explaining like what what order is that what is that and he at the time explained that there were three to us it was like ionic doric and corinthian and so he would like we'd but be not walking in that order. yeah 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 but we'd be walking around town and he's like what 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 order is that um i got the orders out of order uh, <laughs> uh what ironic. order is that and me Gigi, and harriet my sisters were like corinthian and then he's like, well, yeah, technically it's composite. And you're like, all right, what's composite? You know, and, but it was a whole deal where we're, we got to, you know, guess and try and figure it out, which was, got me interested in architecture. It was one of the first times I was like, all right, shut up, old man. You don't know much about architecture. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to make architecture interesting. Now, you know, and that did, that really brought me into it and made, made me really interested in this and uh, curious to learn more, which is one of the reasons I wanted people to, hear about it my biggest takeaway from this is why reinvent the wheel like these things are already laid out the code's been unlocked yeah let's let's use it and apply it and why why do i like the way this thing looks mm -hmm. like when he threw us that curveball of the the house the georgian house that you guys built yeah. i mean immediately it's like whoa cool you know that <laughs> that looks amazing I yeah. think it, a stark contrast really helped that one out yeah right? <laughs> we had some really yeah. bad ones to Contrast it. The thing that I uh, has been driven home for me, I just did a video on it. It's not out yet on what the builders of the past knew and why are their rooms more beautiful than ours. Mm. Just now having studied their pattern books for for the last you know number of months, that's all they wrote about. That's all they talked about, and they broke it down. And you, you talk about why do you why reinvent the wheel? Um, and that's right. The other piece of that though is you know. We're, we're barely even scratching the surface of what we know and, and, and what we understand, what we remember. And so there's just, there is a deep well of information there that if people would, you know, go down two steps into, you know, a hundred step thing, you know, we're probably half a step into it. Literally, I don't think we're even scratching the surface of what, you know, the guys in the past used to know. That'd be beneficial. Dig into it. Yep. You'll enjoy it. I did. 
I, yeah. I would do. I mean, I'm still looking into all that. Yeah, me too. If you want to see more terrible examples of uh, <laughs> awful building, great awful buildsmanship, um, we're going to throw them in our Discord. So uh, join the Patreon in order to get access to that. If you want to join in a higher tier, you'll get access to some um, awesome peeks into the past from Brent and then some practical applications of those from Richard. And uh, always you can join in at a higher level and speak to them and uh, get pick their brains as to you know, how to do something on a job site. Just but, one thing to add. Yeah. Um, for those of you who've been asking for a buildmanship t-shirt, um, we have worked up a few things. Let us know if you're interested in that because <laughs> we do have a few ideas for the buildmanship. Yeah. Only available to apprentices. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it only should be. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks for watching. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time.